Megan, I have been using our sponsor Element, that's L-M-N-T, to boost my hydration for over a month now, and I'm really loving it. I'm just not very good at drinking plain water, and I love the taste when I pop one of these little packets, I like orange or grapefruit, into a big bottle of water. It's kind of fruity and salty, and it just helps me hydrate better overall. Element is a zero-sugar electrolyte drink mix born from the growing body of research that shows the best health outcomes occur with higher sodium levels. Each little pack delivers a significant dose of electrolytes, but minus sugar, artificial colors, and other iffy ingredients. Element's flavors are so unique, like fruity watermelon salt and spicy sweet mango chili. And we're going to set our listeners up with a variety pack so you can find your favorite. Right. You can receive a free Element sample pack containing eight flavors with any drink mix purchase when you purchase through our custom link, drinkelement.com slash momhour. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T slash momhour. This offer is available exclusively through our partnership and is available for both new and returning customers. And if you're an Element Insider, you'll have first access to Element Sparkling, a bold can of sparkling electrolyte water. Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash momhour. Hi, I'm Megan. And I'm Sarah. We're two moms with eight kids between us from preschool to teen. This is the show where we help you feel better about the mom you are and share our own parenting tips and personal stories. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 83 of the Mom Hour. I am Sarah Powers here, as always, with Megan Francis, and we are kicking off a new year. Happy New Year, Megan. Happy New Year to you. Or for those of you listening in the future. Happy Old may, Year. It may be any time of year. but we Happy are boring old stale year. Happy second week of May. Just mm-hmm. kidding. Um, so we are recording this at the very beginning of 2017. And um, to kick off the new year, we thought we would talk about how we handle um, calendaring, keeping the family calendar, and also our own to-do lists. Um, obviously, you need a calendar and you need your to-do list year round, but it does seem like starting a new year often means procuring some kind of new planner or calendar or not, because we're going to talk about those of us who like everything digital, a little bit of paper, a little bit of both. Um, I got some great feedback from our listeners on social media that I'll mention as we go, um, and also link to in the show notes. So I think we're going to have a lot to talk about, about calendaring and to-do lists. So this will be fun. Um, Sarah, we both know this time of year can be crazy. So this is a great time to get ahead with no prep, no mess meals from our sponsor, Factor. I love how these meals are ready to eat and delivered right to your door. I mean, you can't beat that convenience, but most importantly, they're seriously delicious. Yeah, Megan, I agree. Our whole family was impressed with the quality and flavor of Factor meals we tried. And it turned out to be a great option for my teenagers when they got home late from a theater practice or came home from school super hungry. There's zero prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. Factor meals just need to be heated for about two minutes and they're ready to go. Yeah. And for any listeners with wellness goals this month, Factor has six menu preferences to support your lifestyle, whether you're trying to boost your protein, avoiding meat, or simply focusing on well-balanced meals. And you can pause or reschedule deliveries to fit your lifestyle. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. Head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. 
That's code MOMHOUR50 at factormeals.com slash MOMHOUR50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Okay, Megan. Well, over here at the Mom Hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, Our Place. In fact, you, me, and our team member, Katie, were all comparing notes on our favorite product. Katie was telling us that even though she's packing up to move her family to a new house, she cannot put that mini perfect pot from Our Place into the boxes yet because she's using it like every night. Well, as someone who also has a perfect pot, I got mine as part of their mini home cook duo set. I get it. It's nonstick, which is key, but it also has all these handy features like a steam release lid with a built-in strainer and this nice beechwood spoon that nests on the handle in this perfect little peg. Okay, well, I didn't get this pot, but now I want it. That sounds so great. Our Place's cookware is great to cook with, beautiful to look at, and healthier for us as well. All of Our Place's products are made without PFAS, also known as Forever Chemicals. In addition to their cookware and tableware, Our Place is also making waves with their Wonder Oven, the most stylish all-in-one air fryer and toaster oven. Again, free from the forever chemicals found in many of those air fryers. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's from our O-U-R place.com code mom hour. Okay. Ready? I'm ready. I'm ready to hit this topic hard. Okay. So it's funny. You and I, back in the day, wrote for The (laughs) Happiest Home, um, the blog, The Happiest Home, that was your blog, and I wrote for it. And we kind of wrote a lot about kind of systems for managing schedules. And um, so in preparation for this, I peeked back at some of those posts. So I kind of know... A little bit about how you do things, but I'm going to pretend. Well, I you don't. know how I did things. Yes, that's true. And it does evolve. You know? Yeah. So, um, um, so yeah, with a cal- let's stick to calendars before we get into like to-do lists. But um, tell me about how you do calendaring right now. Everything from like appointments, um, conference calls for work up to up to like the monthly calendar that, you know, the whole family affects the whole family. Yeah. OK, so this is something I think may have evolved a bit. I was still kind of using a paper calendar as recently as a year ago. Um, When you say paper, do you mean wall? Like like a wall calendar. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's because I'm sort of a slow adopter when it comes to technology. It took me a really long time to get used to using um, a digital calendar to remember to put things in it. I would just forget. I mean, so I used to have like, for example, my work deadlines I would have in a Excel spreadsheet because I could not remember somehow to get them into my Google calendar. Just, I would forget. So, um, at some point, I guess I got comfortable with it and just completely went all digital without even really knowing I was doing it. So we have a shared Google calendar. I have, you know, my calendar, you have yours that you put stuff that relates to both of us on Mm -hmm. that I can look at. Um, John has his and it kind of just helps me keep track of like what he's got going on. So I know when he's in town and when he's got, Mm -hmm. you know, stuff with the kids going on and all that. And so I really just, I really almost exclusively use Google Calendar for anything having to do with like appointments, um, travel, right, guests in town, right. or kid stuff. And do you find that you add things in as they come up pretty seamlessly or do you get a little behind like I do sometimes and um, need to sit down and put a bunch in at once? Or has so it become pretty automatic? It's become pretty automatic. I just get my – look, the minute – I, I used to be terrible about double booking myself. Uh-huh. And now the minute anyone starts saying anything that has to do with like 
what do you have going on next Tuesday? Or, you know, we should get together. My phone is in my hand and I'm looking right. to see right. if there's actually, if I have that availability. Yep. Um, I just try to get almost everything in there now. Um, yep. The one thing I don't put in there is my work deadlines because mm-hmm. um, because it's shared and John can see my calendar. I feel like that just clutters it all up and they're a little erratic and stuff. So I keep mm-hmm. all of my work calendar, like work deadlines related to um, clients I have and stuff. I have all of that at the um like at the front of my to-do notebook okay I've got a to-do notebook and it's got it's kind of like my own cheap vision version of a bullet journal and I know it's right. I haven't really read enough about bullet journals to know how they work exactly but yeah. I kind of have my own little system and so right at the very beginning like the front page is all the upcoming um deadlines or anything I've got coming up okay. that needs to be dealt with like on a day-to-day basis <clears throat> uh, the other thing that I've I've kind of honed down that I used to be really bad about was anything that happens all the time that I can count on. Like, for example, at the radio station, there is a meeting every day at 9.30. Okay. Um, I took that off my calendar. Yeah. Excuse me. Because <laughs> I don't need it. I mean, right. I know it's going to happen. And having it on my calendar wasn't making it any less or more likely that I was going to remember. It just it right. just is. And I felt like it was cluttered. Um, yep. But for like an exercise class, the, mm-hmm. the yoga studio I'm going to now, you, adva- you sign up in advance for classes. And then if you don't, cancel and you don't show up you get like three t- like three strikes and then you can't use their online reservation system anymore right so I'm really paranoid about that so if I sign up for a yoga class because it's not always the same I will put that on my calendar right yeah no that's <laughs> I I think I work the same way um so I'll just jump in and yeah. kind of add my thoughts there um I also um everything I do starts with digital I do still rely on some paper things but they all stem from the motherboard of google calendar yeah. so um so yes, I put everything in my phone too. Um, and just like you, there are things that like, I don't put Violet goes to preschool three days a week. And I think actually at the beginning of the year, when she was first starting, I might have put that in my calendar just yeah, because so it was get a, used to it, yeah. a new schedule adjustment. Now I don't have preschool, you know, eight forty-five to twelve fifteen in my calendar. But when I did start going to that um, ballet class, that adult ballet class, a few months ago, I put that in there not because I'd be penalized for not showing up because ours is just you just pay when you come, yeah. but because. I wanted to see it on my weekly calendar as a priority, even though I don't have to go. And I would do the same if I found a yoga class that I wanted to go to weekly. So that's a really good point that, um, recur things that recur. It's almost like you're using psychology to your benefit. Like right. if it, if it's in the calendar, it just, it's a visual reminder. And sometimes right. we need Especially that. if it's not something that happens every day or four days a week, but like once those right. are the easy things to like forget about or say, Oh, I'll skip this week and go next week. So yeah. Right. Yeah. So what about, um, do you have a challenge because I do in needing to see that visually? I mean, I agree. I think the cloud, the ability to share the ability to have it in your pocket, it all outweighs the downsides for me, but, um, I need a visual. So I have a couple of ways that I do that, but has that been a challenge for you as you so, shifted? Yeah. So there's two, uh, two things I didn't mention yet. Um, uh, I do keep the kids, uh, I don't know how your kid's school does this, but Ours sends home a list of special days coming up at the beginning okay. of the year. So like any days okay. off, any half days, yeah. late. We have these random late start days. They're like once a week, but not every week. Um, that is on my fridge. If I didn't yeah. have that on my fridge, I would forget. I would not. Yeah. I would not know what was going on. I keep the list of field trips on the fridge, mm-hmm. and anytime the kids come home with any like one offs, like yes. birthday invitation or. Um, this one time, like the book fair that goes on the Mm -hmm. fridge because otherwise those things like, I'm not, if I'm like 
cooking dinner and a kid walks up and hands me something, I'm not going to stop what I'm doing and get it into my um, and get it into my to-do list or into my calendar. I mean, like especially right that minute. Because it, especially because it may not be actually an appointment you have to show right. up for. It's yeah. more like something that you need to keep on your radar because it's affects exactly. the kids. Yes. We have a right. little bulletin board on the inside of our pantry door and it's the exact same type of stuff. Right. Yeah. It's, it's not like, I mean, I, my kids are going to go to the field trips no matter what. Right. Um, but they might need to wear different shoes that day. So exactly. it's just good know to exactly know. It's just good mean. to have it yep. in there. Um, but I totally just forgot what you were asking. Oh, oh, the um, visual. Oh, the, the, visual. the visual. Having a visual of the calendar. So you know that I'm on my computer that. a lot more than you are. Yes. And I have my, I have Google Calendar. I open Google Calendar obsessively. Okay. Like I probably look at Google Calendar 15 times a day. I'm not okay. even joking. It just helps me. And I don't look on my phone because you can't see the whole month at a view. Yeah. yeah. I just need to check in with my week or my month several times a day. And I think that habit was really what got me in the habit of using it so yeah. much um, mm-hmm. and not and then not like relying on remembering to add stuff later because sometimes we'll do like travel or like um, household guests. That mm-hmm. is the kind of thing. Sometimes I'll just sit down and like do all that at once for a couple of months at a time. Mm-hmm. But things like just a daily, now that I have it open so much, it's just always top of mind. So I don't forget to yes. put it in and then I'm looking at it. it is a visual, even though it's not like hanging anywhere. Yes. It's not a piece of paper. It is in front of me in calendar form. Several times a day. No, that's great. I wanted to add um, something about school calendars too. I I'm I'm the same. Like I keep the one sheet that they send home at the beginning of the year with just the days off and the breaks and stuff um, on a bulletin board. I I usually at the beginning of the school year when I'm in that like end of summer preschool year, like I call it nesting mode. It's like getting everything ducks in a row. I usually do and go through and put those things digitally in my calendar too. Um, but then, you know, if something, I probably don't go back very often. So if I miss something that visual to have on the bulletin board, but I also have appreciated how, um, schools are also moving more digital. Um, so I've been able to subscribe, like, you know how you can add a calendar, like a, you subscribe to a calendar within Google calendar. Yeah. So it's not in your calendar, but you're able to view it. You can also check it or uncheck it. Um, and I've used that for preschool classroom. Like our preschool classroom has a Shutterfly classroom site and on that, and they keep their calendar up to date for, yeah, like, you know, the snack schedule and the classroom parties and all that. And I can just subscribe to that in Google calendar. So if you don't know how to do that, you just kind of just Google it. <laughs> it every, every system's a little different. Yeah. Um, I've also been able to do that with Brian's travel schedule. Cause I don't want his whole work schedule. I don't want to see his whole work schedule because he has a million meetings. Like I don't need to know that. But, um, when he was traveling more, I did want to know his flight times and stuff. Um, just so I, just so it was on my radar and he used an app called trip case and I'm sure there's a, you know, bunch of choices, but that just, um, kept just his travel. I think when he got an itinerary, he could forward it and it created a little subscribable Google calendar with just oh, itinerary cool. stuff. And it was great. And I could check it and uncheck it if it was cluttering up my, you know, and back in the day he traveled, he was on three or four flights a week. Um, so if I didn't want to see it all the time, I could kind of uncheck it, but it was right there. So uh, any, I guess the point of all that is the Google calendar being so robust and having so many features, I've really appreciated being able to add or subscribe to those other calendars without having to enter them all in and sports teams. That's the other one that has done it is often like our little league. You can just subscribe to your team's calendar and then that's, all the game yeah. times are in there. So yeah, I like that kind of thing too. Cause it does become a lot of paper and sometimes you don't need like baseball is a really good example. Sometimes, um, Owen would have like a game early and then a break and then another game later. And all I really needed to know, honestly, was that he needed to be there from 
eight yeah. till two or whatever. <laughs> you know, I didn't need all those details. So I didn't want to put all of it on my main calendar, but I wanted it someplace just so I'd know. Yeah. So that's how and you be- end up with a fridge completely covered with paper sometimes. But Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, uh, okay. So, oh, I, I want to say one more thing. I did get Google Home for Christmas. Oh, yes. And Tell me about this. So, so I don't believe there is the uh, capability yet to add things to your calendar on Google Home. But what's cool is you can ask it to tell you stuff. Mm-hmm. And I guess, you know, Google, this is exactly one of those kinds of things. Like, I'll, I would never have bought myself Google Home. I and never so I would If people don't it. know what Google Home is, it's like the voice it's activated a, yeah, it's little. A spe- it's essentially it's like a speaker. Amazon's Alexa or <clears throat> Apple's Siri, right? Yeah, but yeah, yes, but you can't purchase through like Amazon's I know you can buy things which I think in my house would be very dangerous because yeah. um and I believe anyone within vocal range can talk to it so yeah. um, I just can imagine the kinds of things yeah. that be showing up on my doorstep but um with Google Home so I mostly use it as a speaker so I'm in the kitchen okay. and my hands are all goopy and I say yes. okay Google you know play the soundtrack from whatever and and it does and I can say okay Google turn it up or okay Google turn it down but I can also ask Google what do I have next to my calendar or mm-hmm. what do I have going on Tuesday or you know I can ask it questions about my calendar currently mm-hmm. you can't add things to the calendar which I actually think I hope they add that because that would I'm be great I'm sure they will they, I'm the, sure I, Yeah I think Google's great Because how nice would it be if a kid walks in and hands me yeah. that permission slip for a field trip or something and I yeah. could just say hey okay Google and then maybe even have more than one calendar going at a time. And I almost wonder if that's the hang up because right. with Google Calendar, you can have so many calendars. I wonder yeah. if that the system doesn't yet know how to differentiate. Or I wonder if you can have a reminder. I mean, Siri, I use Siri on my phone for, and I have the Hey Siri, where if I say it, oh, in fact, I probably just activated it on my phone. <laughs> well, <laughs> if I say that, um, and I'll do the same thing if I have goopy hands in the kitchen, but I wonder if you could even just set a reminder for yourself to add something to the calendar. Like oh, that's a actually a really process. good idea. A reminder would yeah. totally work. And the other thing you can do is uh, make shopping lists. Oh, that's so great. Yeah. I haven't figured out yet how to retrieve the shopping list. Again, <laughs> I am a, I'm a very slow adopter. So like, I just don't, you know, like it's, I'll get something in the mail. I was joking with you when we had that little setup for Facebook live Yeah. when I got down to Denver and I didn't take it. I got it a week in advance and didn't take anything out of the boxes until the day I was packing. Had that been like a normal person, they probably would have had it all open and, you know, read the manual and see how the, like the features, I don't really work that way. I use features yeah. as I find a use for them. And yeah. that's when I learn about them. So it'll take me a while to really move beyond mostly using Google Home for music. But I do think it's interesting how like now everything is becoming so smart and, and I resist it a little bit personally, but, um, but there's a way to use it to your advantage without having it take over your life, I think. So. Yeah, and I think the lesson for those who maybe feel more at home with paper calendaring is not that you have to fight those instincts, but a, I think the the systems that work with calendaring are the ones you stick to, whether yeah. it's paper or digital. And I think the learning curve with digital is a little bit more. So it's worth it's worth trying new things, but if if it truly if you're not adopting it and it's not convenient, you won't use it. And therefore it's probably not the system for you. And the good right. news is technology is only going to get easier. Exactly. So like you said, you resisted digital calendaring a few years ago. And once it got more prevalent, easier, faster, and more probably cloud-based and synced, it then then it was natural for you and you used it. So the, right. the system that works is the one that is that you use consistently. Absolutely. Um, and I will say like I used to carry around one of those little pocket-sized calendars. Uh-huh. Um to have in my purse so that I can make appointments, you know, like, 
like your mom probably does. (laughs) But the problem was what I realized at some point was I was having to transpose everything. Everything would have to be checked and like I would have to personally sync it. You know, I'd have to sit down and cross-reference two calendars and make sure things were in both places. And then stuff wouldn't get communicated to the people who like John wouldn't know about something that was in my paper calendar and he would expect to. So it just... Like I, yeah, as things have gotten easier and, and I've gotten more comfortable, it's just became, it was very natural to switch yeah. over to all digital. So, okay. So this is, this is a good place to say now how I still cling to paper and okay. I, this is a system that has worked for me for six years and that's how I know that it's a good one for me. Um, so everything we've talked about with Google calendar and putting appointments in, you know, has, is how I've worked for, you know, several years, but I print a hard copy of my weekly Google calendar, just a week at a glance view on Sundays for the upcoming week. And it's a single sheet of paper that sits on my counter. Mm -hmm. If I'm going somewhere, I'll take it with my little to-do list journal. If I'm going to work at a coffee shop or something, but otherwise it sits, it's not in a binder. It's not laminated. It just literally is a loose piece of paper sits on my kitchen counter and I make notes on it throughout the week. Um, as the week changes. So I might add, I might look at it um, and I might add which day I'm going to go to the grocery store, which is not an appointment I need digitally in my digital calendar. But once I see the week at a glance, I see the pockets of time because I am home with my kids and I only work part-time. And so I, you know, I have a lot of flex in there. I write down which days I'm going to go to the gym because that's flexible too, or which time. Um, So it's just a week at a glance view. And that has been the best way for me to go from digital to like in my hand paper without having a lot of duplication. Like it feels like it's still the digital copy, but then as things get canceled, if something got canceled, if you know that week, I would just cross it out. Mm -hmm. And I actually don't go back into my phone very often once I'm looking at that piece of paper to either cancel or add something. Cause that piece of paper, it's something about being able to see it, print it out. It just is so much more concrete for my brain. And it's worked great. I, I have a picture that I put in our outline. I don't know if you had, had seen it, but I'll put it in our show notes too. So it just has my chicken scratch on it, but it also has everything else that was already in there digitally for that week. So that's been a huge, and then I just, I just recycle it. Yeah. Like it just goes away. So, um, I know a lot of our listeners do use paper planners and I, you know, I love the idea of a paper planner. I just don't need one. Everything is in the cloud, but this would be, this would you know, replace a paper planner because in a paper planner, usually your, your page is open to that week. So this is my planner page. It just, I don't have to have a planner. It just is that week. And then I toss it. So I, I mean, I do something similar ish too, because when we're talking about like calendaring, I don't have another calendar anywhere, but my, my little to do notebook thing that just goes with me everywhere, which by the way, I, it took me a very long time to select this notebook. Mm -hmm. I am very particular um, I'll go into that in a little bit because I think it'd be fun to talk yes, about notebooks. But yeah, totally. So like the, like I said, the very front page is kind of like, and I'm not even going to say a month at a glance. It's kind of like the big picture, like what's coming up, what deadlines do I need? But then the next page in, which is the one that I'll tear out and right. toss at the end of the week, is kind of my own little week at a glance, but okay. it's written out. And I also, I work. Write, so do you write down the date? I write Monday. Okay. And then I usually leave like five lines and then Tuesday yeah. and then, yeah. and then this, the weekend just kind of gets its own little area. Um, the thing about that, that is, is great for me is like, I really think in a, like the way that if I could make the world, um, conform to me, <laughs> that would be so awesome. It wouldn't it be great. Everything <laughs> would be like listed out in a doc. Like that's really yeah. my, my favorite way to do things. I like seeing dates written out 
in a linear in a fashion, list. in a list fashion. Um, that makes sense to my brain. Calendars are fine. They just don't, they're not my, they wouldn't be actually my very first way of doing things. It's just the way the world works. Right. So, um, like I think for you and I, when we've done like long lists with deadlines and things, yeah. I've always wanted it in kind of just like Google doc format, just yeah. put a date, then put the, li- yeah. the bulleted list. So that's basically what this is. This is like a yep. little bulleted calendar. Um, and and so it kind of works the same way. Like, and, and sometimes I'll tear it out and start over. Like sometimes right. I'll get in and be like, this week did not shape up at all the way I thought it was going to. It's Wednesday. I'm not even, you know, I did everything on Friday's list already, but I haven't even touched Monday. It's, this is a mess. Just rip it out and yeah. rewrite it out. And the nice thing is like the act of rewriting it and reorganizing it to me almost yeah. then cements all those things in my head again. And I yeah. think it's really fun too. I really no, enjoy I, it. I agree. And it's funny because I am not really a very spatial person either when it comes to looking at complicated like tables. I know what you're talking about because you and I have looked at editorial calendar templates and stuff like that before where, so I would say I'm leaning toward the way you are, except that there's something about a week. So if you print your Google calendar, you can either have it start on Sunday or Monday, but it's just, it basically ends up with seven columns the days of the week at the top. My appointments are already in there because they've been in there digitally. So they come with the printout and that spatially I can do. And in fact, not only can I do it, it actually is the way I think about a week. Do you know what I mean? Like you're moving horizontally through the week. So I'm like with you 92% of the way, but there's something about that um, spatial layout of a week that feels like how I experience a week. I can't explain it. No, that that makes a lot of, you know what? That's, that's why like in my head when I used to use Yahoo mail, I don't really, I kind of forgot I even had it, but, um, because it got overrun with spam, but I used to have two email accounts. One was my Yahoo and one was my Gmail. And in my head, Yahoo was on the left and Gmail was on the right. I remember you saying this. Now it didn't matter where the tab was that had one open. It was just that mentally, I always thought of Yahoo being there. And I almost think it was because I started my Yahoo account so much earlier than my Gmail that in my head, it was chronologically a linear, a linear progression. Yes. It was a linear progression. So it came first. Therefore it was on the left, the way you would read left to right. It makes no sense, but it is one of those weird little, what is that? There's a word for that when you, some some kind of synesthesia or something like when you see, when you experience, I know that's, I think that might relate to like smelling music or something, but yes, no, there is. Yeah. That is a thing. (laughs) When yes. you relate, when you have two different sort of sensory inputs going on yep. with one thing and that yep. doesn't really make sense. So anyway, yeah. uh, that's a very long way of saying me too, kinda. Me too, kinda. Yeah. Um, okay. So that's my one. If I have a whole, if I have a concrete tip for this section of the episode, it is try printing out if you're digital, but like paper, try printing out your calendar. I'll also say sometimes we, I will print two or three weeks in a row if we're coming into a busy season. Um, and then if Brian and I are doing longer term planning, I will print the month view and then I just toss it. I, it doesn't become anything. It's just a way for me to hold it in my hand and circle stuff and highlight stuff. And then it still lives in the cloud. Um, Oh, I need to mention one other thing. What's that? I need to mention one other thing. Yeah. I also have a week at a glance dry erase board. Okay. That has, I have actually not had hanging for a while. Um, for a while, it was very useful for me. I, I don't use it as much anymore, but I think that's if you really need something like in your face and the things that you would put on it don't fit like a to-do list and they don't quite fit in the calendar, I found it really useful for like when I was working on a book project, for example, Okay, it would be really nice to have like Tuesday and I would just scroll like what kind of a, where I was at with my book project that day. Right. Um, but it didn't fit the other things that I had going on. So yeah, Yeah, I like that. Well, what I wanted to kind of move into calendar wise, um, is 
a lot of our listeners, when I asked on social media, um, had something in the kitchen that everybody could see. And several use dry erase um, boards, and either weekly or monthly. Um, as a side note, I am a left-handed person who finds it very difficult to write legibly with dry erase. I know it's possible, but when you're a lefty, your hand like scrapes across. So pencils, oh, yeah. pe things that smear are yes. harder. And I actually don't like, I don't like having to write a lot in dry erase. Like a big, a big whiteboard would be fine, but like a lot of details I wouldn't do. We are welcoming back Vionic as a sponsor today. And Sarah, I will be honest. I was sorting through my warmer weather wardrobe the other day and it could seriously use a refresh, but you know what's good to go? My shoes. I've got a great selection to choose from thanks to the Vionic Vitals collection. And lately the pair I keep putting on again and again is the Uptown Loafer. I have two pairs, one in sand suede and the other in camel leather, but please don't make me pick a favorite. Oh, I won't. I'll let you keep both. That's so funny, Megan, because I was a little jealous of your uptown loafers. I was the last one on our team to get a pair, but I just did. I also got mine in the sand suede and I think I've worn them like four times this week. They really finish off a cute spring outfit. The Vionic Vitals collection has the best essential styles for everyday wear to get you ready for spring. And no matter what shoes you choose, you'll be on the go in comfort because every single pair of Vionic shoes delivers their trademark Viomotion technology for a difference you can feel. Vionic sandals, sneakers, and flats all offer incredible support, stability, and cushioning, and every pair comes with a 30-day risk-free trial, so it's easy to try them out. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Vionic Shoes. Wearable well-being for your feet. Sarah, our sponsor, Haya Health, makes a kid's daily multivitamin that parents can feel great about giving their kids because they have no added sugars or dyes. And our kids who have tried Haya vitamins have loved them, which is important, right? Because what good is a bottle of vitamins that your kid won't take? Haya was founded by two dads who didn't like the ingredients label on some of the popular children's vitamins they were seeing on store shelves, so they got to work developing a formula that would help fill the most common nutrient gaps in modern kids' diets. Haya's chewable kids' vitamin is made with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables and then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals. They're also vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, and nut-free. Haya manufactures their vitamins right here in the USA with globally sourced ingredients, and then they ship their chewable vitamins directly to your door on a pediatrician-recommended schedule. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash mom hour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. I have a hanging monthly calendar from it's, I've used the same one for years and it's from it's called plan it like plan hyphen it not planet mm -hmm. um, and they have a bunch of different ones and you can write each family member's name on a line and I color code it with sharpies and I do use that I sit down at the beginning of the month and but again it all stems from the cloud and once I write it out for the month like we're recording this January 2nd and I haven't even done January's yet but once I do it'll be based on the appointments and the birthday parties and the things we have the travel that we have going on for January I'm not really likely to grab the Sharpies again throughout the month and update it as things change. It's really meant to be the big picture stuff. Like we talked about travel, guests visiting, 
sports games, if I know them all, I'll put them on there once in the month. But as a play date comes up or something comes up, I'm not likely to write it on that one. So, but it was consistent among our listeners that most people felt like they needed something in the kitchen for the whole family to see. So do you guys have anything like that? No, you know, it's interesting. I've experimented with that before. Um, we, we do have like usually a shopping list and a menu going. Okay. And also, you know, with, um, John is out of town working a lot. So I'm working toward having some kind of calendar that lets the kids know when he's in town yes. and when he's not, because I find that that's probably the most annoying thing, like yeah. them not knowing. And then, you know, like the days that he's not around, everyone wants to know dad is. And so yeah. that's something I think as, as our schedules get a little more, um, concrete that yeah. I would like to visually, uh, indicate for the kids, but I don't have any place where like everyone can see everything that's going on. And I think, I think because I have so many kids, yeah. um, pretty early on, I started kind of encouraging them to all just manage their own schedules to their yeah. the extent that they can. And then whatever I need, like tell me on a need to know basis kind of yes. a thing. Yeah. Um, especially with teenagers, like I actually, you know, I emailed one of Isaac's coaches. I think I talked about this before Yeah, and mm-hmm. asked him to stop emailing me the <laughs> schedules the rehearse or the practice schedules I mean I want to know when the meets are but that's all pre-done anyway you have a list that would just yes. go in the fridge so yep. you know his track meets or cross-country meets would be on the fridge but I don't want to know when he has practice I don't want to know when it's whose turn it is to bring you know snack unless it's mine and so I found that very overwhelming um but these days I think coaches bypass kids a lot and go to the parents because that's right. the cultural norm now is for the parents yeah. to manage everything and I just kind of had to draw a line in the sand there. So <clears throat> again, if it's something with a visual reminder, a birthday invitation, um, a field trip form, I find putting it on the fridge or like an activity that's coming up, you know, there's always the registration sheet. Yep. So I'll hang that. Um, kind of helps everyone know what's going on. But if it's something like, you know, if William say has a game coming up, that's kind of like between me and William and yeah. other people will go as it works. It does help that my kids are older and more independent and don't really need to like Jake and Isaac don't really need to know what their little brothers are doing. Yes. Um, if we go on, you know, if we have a, a trip planned that involves all of us, we'll talk about it a lot, but we don't often now these days, even like if we're just going to run to my sisters for the weekend, usually not all five kids are going to go. It right. would usually right. be a few of them. So no, it's never happened that way. I also, yeah. I think for a little while I did have a calendar hanging. Um, and, I let the kids kind of like add to it and it became Mm -hmm. like the inmates were really running the asylum because it became, (laughs) they were just adding stuff that they wanted to do right? and it just became, it was a mess and I couldn't handle it. So it's funny that that same calendar has been hanging on the back of my basement wall now for our door, which, you know, I only open when I go to the basement, which isn't that often. So there's this cool, it's a really cool calendar hanging on the back and there's one word on it and it was party. We had a party. And I think I put that up like four years ago. And now I'm not going to take it down because it's so funny that there's just like this eternal party coming up on it. a date. We don't know what date that's going to be because it's one of those you write the dates in. And oh, I just right, wrote, right, right. I yeah, just wrote so party. <laughs> so awesome. we're having a party some Saturday this month. I don't know. Or next month other, maybe. The other thing too about visual, especially wall calendars, is you don't have to write all the appointments on them. I think like kids in my kids' age range, which are – they're aware enough about the days of the week and the passage oh, yeah. of time – they don't really care about the appointments themselves, but sometimes I just actually like to see a month at a glance, not yeah. even for the appointments, like, like which, you what know, day what day it? of the week, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, what day is it? And what day of the week is, 
next Tuesday? Is it the 14th or the 15th? So you, I mean, you can play around with what works for your family, but it's possible that there's some little visual calendar, big or small, that doesn't also need to be the keeper of the appointments. It just Uh, is a glance of, and my older two kids also have wall calendars in their room, which has been like Christmas presents the last couple of years. They don't write anything on them. They just, they're getting old enough to kind of like you know, oh, it's a new month. Let's turn yeah. the page. And so I think there's lots of, there's lots of gray area. It doesn't That's have true. to be. Uh, so I like the visual, but I don't need the visual to also be like the motherboard of all my appointments. That's definitely cloud Well, based. when you mentioned that, it made me think we usually have the um, school's lunch menu printed out yeah. because the kids all even, get to even pick that a day. Work. Yeah. And it's just hanging on the fridge. And sometimes I look at it just to remind myself, like what date is the Saturday coming up or. Yeah. That's, yeah, I, I never, I wouldn't have thought of that, but yes, that is another, yet another piece of paper that and greases my you say, fridge. When you say you look at your Google calendar lots of times a day, I, I need to look somewhere to, to know what day of the week what is day? this Saturday, yes. what day of the week <clears throat> is it? So whether it's on your wall or on your screen, we all, we all need to orient ourselves in time. Well, and you know what's funny about that? It's like the kids these days, like they're, the schools do a really good job of that of talking about the date and the day of the week and all that. My kids, I always ask them what day it is. I, cause I don't, they've just written it on their assignments all day long. Yeah. Yeah. And what's so the date? Like, yes. what's the date? And the kids always know. Yeah. That's They're just true. way like, more in tune to that than I am. Allegra's just getting to that, you know, name and date third grade, like where it's a more consistent part of what she does. So that's yeah. true. That's, that's a good point. Okay. So let's, um, dovetail this into to-do lists. And I want to hear about your notebook journal system. Yeah. Okay. I want to peek inside. Take you inside. Take you inside. Okay. So, um, I, well, I covered a little bit and this is something that's evolving all the time, by the way, because I always have at least one notebook going. I'm trying to get it to where I have only one notebook going (laughs) Mm -hmm. because often in the past I've had like one in my bedside drawer, one in my desk drawer, you know, like if I have office space, one at the office and then it just becomes too confusing and there's just lists everywhere. So now that I have this one where it's, I've, like I said, I've got, um, my kind of upcoming deadline list, the next page, I've got my week at a glance that I make myself, Mm -hmm. which is sort of beginning to, I guess, overrule the to-do list. It sort of is the to-do list. I used to have a separate to-do list and that would just be, um, at the beginning of the week, I would just put down like everything, like a huge brain dump. Right. And then as the week went on, I would just kind of hone it and figure out where things were going to fit. And now I'm finding that I don't really need both because the kind the notebook that I'm using now, it's, it's, um, divided. So this just happened accidentally. It's divided into three sections. There's like a little section at the top where you can write like a kind of upcoming, there's okay. a sidebar on the right, and then there's the main part of the notebook. Okay. And so I kind of do my week at a glance in the main side, in the main mm-hmm. portion. But then if I have like little like one-off things that I don't exactly know where they're going to go, I just know they have to happen sometime. I'll put them in the right-hand sidebar. Okay. And then if I have, um, and then if I have other stuff that's more like a little bit bigger picture, longer term, I'll put that at the top. So right. I guess for me, the key is I'm constantly editing, revising, tearing the top page out and redoing it. Like I rewrite it several times a week. So I like that. And yours is, it's funny. Yours is sort of, and you said it might be accidental because of the way the notebook is laid out. Um, but it's sort of categorized by things that are scheduled or should be scheduled things that are longer term or kind of amorphous. And then things that are just one-offs you can do them whenever, which I think is a really, good way to think about it. Yeah. Um, and that that took up a lot of space in my brain for a long time. And I, I think we were going to link to my 
my post about to-do lists versus like to dream yeah, lists. Well, and, yeah. Will you talk about that? For yeah. Time? Yeah. So that was something that came to me a long time ago. What I felt was that I would have these long, amazingly um, ambitious to-do lists, <laughs> but a lot of the stuff that went on the to-do list never got done. And it was a bummer. And I realized it was because these weren't things you could just do. They weren't tasks. Um, they really didn't belong on a to-do list. It would be like write memoir, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I figured if I just kept putting it on my to-do list, eventually it would get done and it didn't happen. Um, so also it was too big to then break it down. Like I knew I needed to break it down. Like write the yeah. first page of my memoir might have been, you know, a good first step. Yeah. But because like the, I had never taken it, I had never sort of figured out what is a to-do item and what's not. So I made something called a two dream list. And that was sort of stuff that I wanted to get out of my head because it was just taking up a lot of space and causing clutter. I wanted it on paper someplace, but I didn't mm -hmm. want it on my weekly to-do mm -hmm. list. So it went on this other, this list called my to-do, to-dream list, which I still have um, one. And that's actually at the back of my notebook now. Yeah. That's, a, that's kind of like where I would put it too, I yeah. think. is like, cause I don't want it. Have like a parking yeah, lot. Exactly. It's yeah, it's there. It's a reminder. If I ever think to myself, gosh, I'm getting so bored. What, what next big project do I want to work on or something? I can flip forward and see that there it is something I want to do. I don't have to think about it. It's not, it doesn't have to take up mental space. Um, but it also doesn't belong on a to-do list. A to-do list yeah. is something you can do like today, yes. you know, it yes. doesn't, if you can't check it off, it shouldn't go there because it's just kind of depressing. And <laughs> you talked about how done. specifically, cause you are more of a big picture thinker. Like you, yeah. you like those kind of big ideas and needed somewhere to put them. So right. I think we'll link to that post. It was called of to-do lists and to dream lists. Yeah. So I, and I then, love that. So the to dream list is even, is even more sort of, I don't know, nebulous than the one-offs and the big picture. Yeah. It's like big, yes. big picture, you know? Big, so big. yeah, I, I've really over the years have really kind of, um, I, I've done a lot of tweaking in the way mm -hmm. I, and it changes sometimes. Like if I'm working right now, I've, I'm balancing several clients, but I don't have like a ton of unexpected deadlines the way I used to when I was writing for mm -hmm. magazines. So the way I do things is very different than it was when I was writing for mm -hmm. magazines. I had to have lots of little to do's like it would be, you know, um, outline the story, then call the source and call this other mm -hmm. source. Then, mm -hmm. you know, then write the first, I don't have that now. It's kind of like show up and do your job. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. So it's just, it's a very different, it's just very different. And so yeah. I think, I think you have to be able to work with what's in front of you and not get too stuck with something yeah. that maybe isn't working anymore or it just doesn't fit your current lifestyle. Yeah. Well, like we said with calendar, the system that works is the one that you are participating in fully. I think right. sometimes we, we hoist these systems on ourselves and say, we're going to do them, whether it's bullet journal or an electronic app. And, you know, you have to give yourself the growing pains of getting used to it, but if you've tried and you're still not using it, it's just probably, it's not you. It's is, just yeah. not the right system. It's not the right match. Um, I was going to ask, what if something pops into your head when you're like me on the treadmill or, in the car or away from your, do you have that notebook with you at all times? Or do you have any shorthand way to keep something maybe electronically or, or shorthand before it makes it onto the list? Um, like if it was like an idea for something or something. No, that, more, I'm yeah. thinking more of a to-do list. Like, Oh crap. I forgot. We've got to mm. go buy a birthday gift before Friday. So like, I am, I am terrible about remembering to use my reminders on my phone. Mm -hmm. Um, there have been times I've put something on my calendar just as a placeholder. Yeah. Because I'm so used to using my calendar and I'll just put it on there. And then later it doesn't probably belong in the calendar. I take it off and just add it yep. to my to-do list. That so sense. that's one workaround. If I don't have my notebook, I try to always have my notebook. I try, but yeah. you know, I leave it sometimes sitting around places and I don't, it fits in my purse. So yeah. we should talk about notebooks because yeah. I'm very specific. What are, so what you are have... your, like, what is your criteria? 
Okay. Well, I just, um, well, I'm going to explain how my to-do list works because it's tied to the notebook. Yeah, do that. Like yours is. Um, so mine is also a, bl- it's a blank notebook. It's a moleskin. I just bought, it's a moleskin lined notebook with a soft cover and a little like elastic thing that can mm-hmm. like a little, you know, like old fashioned, yep. um, elastic closure. And then yeah. the little bookmark, the ribbon bookmark. Uh-huh. Um, and, um, I just bought another one. The last one actually lasted me two years. Cause those yeah, things have a lot big. of yeah. pages. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's funny you mentioned bullet journal. Cause I'm the same. I haven't done enough reading to really understand it, but I, I agree. I think you and I are probably making our own bullet journals in a way, but what's different about mine. This is so interesting is I, my brain works so categorically. So right now I'm looking at a picture of it and I'll share it in the show notes. So I would open my moleskin to like a double spread. So it's wide. And then across the two page spread, I would make for sure two lists, one work and one personal, um, the work one, most of my work right now is this podcast related in the past. I've had like more editing jobs and, you know, different contract work and freelance stuff. But right now it's pretty concentrated to what you're hearing right now. Stuff related to our podcast. This is all Sarah does. This is all I do is talk, <laughs> talk into the mic. No. And I do everything else to produce that product. So I have things about, um, you know, getting back to a sponsor. I have things about, you know, setting up a meeting with someone. I have things about writing the show notes. I have things about, you know, so I have a running list. Um, it's on the left. I'm going like left to right. So there's a work list. And then next to it is a personal to-do list. And it's all the little stuff. It's phone calls to make. It's, you know, invitations to RSVP too. It's um, things that are easily cross-offable. Um, and then I keep going left to right. And the, the rest of the lists will vary categorically, but there's usually one that's called like errands. Um, and it's things like places I know I need to go over the next week or so. Like I have stuff to return at target. So that would go on there. And it's for me, it's separate than it would, instead of going on the personal, the personal to-do list is more things I can do while sitting at my computer. Does that make sense? Cause yeah. that's just how my brain works. And then so then I just get, and it, it changes over time. So like if I start to think, oh, I, I need a few things from Costco and we haven't been in a while, I would just on the right-hand side or even in a corner somewhere, I would start a little mini Costco list and just, and I know that that whole thing's going to be taken care of in a few days when we make it to Costco. But so basically my moleskin is opened to a double spread and there's always a work and a personal column. And then there's probably one or two or three more lists that are temporary, but they're things where there's enough things built up in my brain, um, to require a list. And it's all very categorical as opposed to yours, which is kind of chronological. Is that interesting? That is very interesting. I do not do that. I don't categorize um, in that way because I I like to keep it very simple um, for myself ju- and just have a list and it all has to get done I know. regardless of whether it's personal or work. But I, I can see where if my brain worked that way, how that would work. And I'm looking now, I'm looking at my moleskins. I have a whole bunch of them in my desk drawer. Um, They're full. They're packed. Yeah. I still really like a moleskin for creative jotting, I would say. Like yeah. if I were at a conference, say, and I was taking notes and brainstorming ideas uh, or like even like little snippets of writing. Like I have found it. Yeah. I love it for that. Um, I've switched away from that for, I mean, maybe I'll go back. Who knows for my like to do businessy yeah. notebook. And that's because I, so the criteria that I really narrowed it down to were these, I have to have spiral bound. Um, okay. I like it to be able to lay open flat and I like it to be able to flip the page all the way around. So like, I like to be able to flip the cover around. I mean, so that I'm just looking yeah. at one, I like it to be five by eight, so it fits in my purse. 
Okay. Um, if I'm out and about, I like it to have a perforated edge. That was one problem I had with my moleskin <laughs> that you cannot tear the page out. Really, yeah. And that made me crazy. <clears throat> and I kind of like the challenge of keeping everything on a five by eight page as well, because that's where I end up doing all the editing and the, and the revising yeah. and like the rewriting throughout the week. Yeah. Um, I also really like the edges to have color. <laughs> I don't Wait, know. What do you mean the edges to have like, color? Like, I like there to be some color on the page. So like the one I, ha- I have had, I've run into two notebooks in my life that have this. One had <laughs> the edges, like, were color-coded. There were five colors, and you could kind of remember, like, I'd remember where I was in the notebook. Oh, okay, okay. By, that was mm-hmm. great. I don't remember where I bought it. I want to say, like, a Barnes & Noble. I have never run across it again. I bought a whole bunch when I got it, and then I eventually used them all up. Um, the one I have now just has a color in it, and I just think it's pretty. Um, I'm actually going to go grab it really quick because I want to give the name of the company. The other thing okay. I really like about it is it's got a flexible cover. I can't okay. really do stiff covers like a diary type. Even if I had a diary or a journal, right. I can't really do a stiff cover. Yes. Mine is also a soft cover. Okay. You go get it. I'll go I'm get gonna... it. Yeah. You talk. I'll be okay. Right I'm going to talk. This is, this is new ground. Megan has left the building. Okay. So my notebook is also soft cover and flexible, which I like. I have um, an issue with spiral bound again because of the left handedness. So oh, left handed yeah, people have a harder time in with like three ring binders and stiff spiral, a softer spiral, you know, we adapt. No, but we I get can see this. It. Like I'm holding mine right now. And if I was left handed, that would be a problem. Yeah. Yeah. And I do think the moleskin. So I think while you were away, I said, mine's also a soft cover. I like that, but mine is whatever it would be. It's like nine by, it's not quite, it's not an eight and a half by 11, but it feels bigger than five by eight. So whatever an in-between size would be. Um, but I feel like they're still flexible. So they slide and they're relatively thin. So they slide, they still are very portable. Um, and mine does open pretty flat, not as flat as a spiral bound, but again, with the left-handedness that gets in my way. Why don't they make spiral bounds? Oh, you know, you could do, you could just flip it over. Yeah, there's like a whole sub like culture of left-handed products. It's really yeah, fun. but you could also just turn it over so the spirals on the right. Yeah, but I you're feel like, like you're like no, no I don't you're too know much that. of a rule follower. Feels, yes. So anyway, the moleskin. I'm like nodding with everything you say, but the moleskin. Oh, and I, the other thing I was going to add is I just like having the one notebook. Even if I like start to write an essay or an article, I would do it in the very same notebook as my to-do list. It's just yeah. nice to have one. And I might flip forward. I might go open to a random page, like 50 pages in the future, especially if it's something I don't want anyone to see. Like if it's right. more, you know, personal, then I'd kind of bury it somewhere, but it's all on the same, all in the same notebook. It just keeps it simple. Um, I, and I, I do agree that Moleskin is very, very close to perfect when it comes to, yeah. for me, when it comes to the, the, the flexibility of the, um, of the cover and I, yeah, it, it does fit pretty easily in places. So the one I went and got it and okay. it's called the Rodia, a R H O D I a meeting book. Okay. The website is block B L O C dash Rodia.com. And I got wow. it at Blick, Blick art supply, which I, th- oh, th- I don't know. Is that everywhere? Okay. Or is that just in Chicago? No, I remember it Chicago, but I remember the one from when I lived in Evanston. There's a nice one up there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm thinking of like Aaron Brothers Art Marts, which are different than Blick, but that's also, they have art supplies and really nice paper product. And Staples, you've mentioned Staples before as having nice. Oh yeah, they um, do. They have nice paper stuff. I was at Barnes and Noble just yesterday and they have so many specialty journals. I know. Like 
gratitude quote a day just too what much. I was looking for that I was actually a little disappointed at the availability of like plain journal notebooks. Um, they had a ton of moleskin products, but, and I, my goal was to get the same one, which I said, it lasted me two years and I was so excited to be ready for a new one. And I thought I would like a different color just for variety. And the only one they had in the, in the model that I like with all of the things we talked about, the ribbon bookmark, the rubber yep. band closure, the soft cover is the same color. And it is a color I like. It's one, it's a color I go to a lot, which is like kind of a mellow turquoise, like a teal. Oh, you know? okay. Yeah. But I just was really picturing a different color this time. And so I literally have side by side, uh, ex- identical. All the identical ones I could have refined. Cause I would always buy them at the bookstore downtown. They're always black. And yeah, I always want to switch up colors too, but then it would be like hardcover or no lines. I cannot yeah, abide by no lines. <laughs> That was so. me at Barnes. I told Brian, I'm like, I'm just going to go get my new notebook. And I was gone. He was with the kids in the kids section. I was gone for like 25 minutes. Because like I looking, just, opening every single one and, and flipping so through. Many different ones. I didn't realize how many different. Graph yeah. paper, plain paper. Graph they had paper, a bunch yeah. of bundled like mini ones where you Th- that was intri- I found those intriguing, but I just Maybe thought I, I would use it up too it. fast. Yeah, I just, I, I felt like it'd be done with, I'd have it gone in a month and then I would just, you know, I don't know. No. <laughs> This Very is challenging. A, this is a point at which we should say we love hearing all of our listeners' idiosyncratic little yes. preferences since we've just spent 15 minutes talking about the ideal notebook. So <laughs> you can always comment on the show notes. I think that's my preference for things like this because it's so conversational. So yes. you just go to themomhour.com, look for episode 83, and then leave us a comment. Um, but some people like and to email us. If you've got your really weird, your really weird preference, then someone else out there can go, oh, me too. And you'll feel a little less alone. Totally. Um, So one, one thing before we wrap that I wanted to say that is a challenge for me, and maybe our listeners have a solution, or maybe Megan, you have is as, as good a project manager as I am, if I can say that, I mean, I have a, I have a good like taskmaster brain. One thing I have a hard time doing with to-do lists is when it comes to a larger project, like when you and I get together and we're Mm -hmm. dealing with some, like, we're talking about projects that are going to take three to six to 12 months. Often I will use a Google doc to outline that. And I'm good at doing that. I'm good at laying out like an action plan. You know, here's what we talked about. Here's the high level objectives. Here's that broken down into some steps. What I'm not good about is looking at that very often or taking that, taking that and translating it to what am I going to do today or this week? And this is like a confession since this is my role in our partnership and in our business. That's it's what over. I- Dissolved. <laughs> and I'm telling you publicly that I like, that's the part that's hard for me um, from a, like, like an actual, where do I put that stuff? So I'm thinking about printing out. So we use Google docs for that kind yep. of stuff. And it's not, it's not the making of the action plan or the project plan. It's the getting from there to the daily to-do list. And like, like a lot of people, it's very tempting to knock off the things on your list that are really easy yeah. and, you know, bite-sized. And sometimes those bigger project plans are, it's like, Oh, where do I start? So that's, have I'm you just- thought about maybe taking that page, printing it out and then looking at it and writing down the things that maybe like the things that are coming up in the next month at, on its own special page in your notebook. So like, I think that would be a good idea or yeah. just working like I work from a printed um, digital calendar, just oh, working right. from that, just making notes, crossing stuff off. And then eventually I'd go back to the digital version, update it, maybe print it again. But I think, I think I'd have to print it because yeah. that's the problem. Is it unlike a calendar 
yeah, it just lives in that Google doc and I just don't go to that Google doc enough. And so right. I fill my to-do list with the things that are top of mind and then those projecty type things are less so. So that's my, that's my, well, yeah, if anyone's got some good suggestions besides print it, which is always a, which is always a, a solution as well. Yeah. So. As long as your printer's working. Exactly. I'm pretty good about that, but I know some people are like, my printers, know. my printer's always working, I, but I feel like the paper's always gone or I have to like go put paper in it or the color ink is always dead. And <laughs> I really like when, if I bother to make something, um, listy on the computer, I often will color code it. Yeah. Remember how all of our, Oh, with the happiest home, remember how all of our topics yeah. were color coded. That made me so yeah. happy. And there's nothing as big of a bummer as going to print it. And then it's just black and white. Right. Yes, that's true. It makes like a little true. sad violin play in my heart. So funny. <sighs> oh, well, this has been really fun. I love hearing about how other people do this stuff. Um, there was even some listener suggestions and stuff that we didn't, I didn't get to read specifically. So what I'll do is the show notes for this episode are going to be resource rich, you guys. So don't, don't forget to go to the show notes, the Look for episode 83 or search for to-do list and calendar planning. Um, and then I will also in there put a list of recommendations from our listeners because people recommended different apps that they use and um, favorite planners that they use. So I'll just round it all up. So head there if you need some inspiration for the new year um, or want to try a new app, um, go ahead and head there and we'll collect it all there. Great. Perfect. All right. We will be back next week and happy 2017, everybody. See you then. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to episode 83. I wanted to remind you that our sponsor, Eversnap, is offering 20% off any photography booking. Go to eversnappro.com. That's eversnappro.com and use the code THEMOMHOUR at checkout to save 20% when you book photography for your next corporate event party, family reunion, um, or anytime you need photos taken. We had a great experience with Eversnap when we did our photos in Denver last month. You can also head to themomhour.com to get that link and more info about this offer and to see the awesome pictures that Megan and I had taken. Thanks, everybody. Guess what, Megan? Over 10,000 teens are already using our sponsor, Erica, to help them unplug. That is amazing. Erica, that's Erica with a K, is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug whenever they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. It's so cool how this works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Yeah, you know, teens really get that social media comes with risks, including addiction, and Erica helps them build healthy habits in self-regulation that will benefit them their whole lives. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. Sarah, I have been having just the best time making my new podcast, The Teas Made. I launched back in November and so far I've covered topics like staying warm on cold winter walks, nurturing creativity, how to be a great host, and even Nordic secrets to loving winter. Well, you know I am fan number one of The Teas Made. It's got such a cozy vibe, and it seems like you've really hit your stride in covering topics like wellness, self-care, comforting rituals and routines, and home and family life. Just look for The Teas Made with Megan Francis wherever you get your podcasts, or head to theteasmade.com to find all the episodes.